Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I am Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my sister and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. How was it going? Oh, so good. I've been baking. I'm keto, and learning to keto bake, I'm telling you, you know, you kind of got to start over with the baking skills. You really do. getting much better. I made muffins today, and I made chocolate chip pumpkin bread. Oh. Oh, One of my favorites this time of year, and to be able to make it keto so it's low carb is so awesome. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds amazing. It's really nice. I'm finally, you know, it's taken a lot of practice, and I think also just palate adjustment. You know that you get to a point mm-hmm. where oh, you're used to keto baked goods, and so it doesn't seem different. Like yeah. I. I've been doing this for more than a year now. So it's like, ah, eh, this just tastes normal to me. Like a lot of sugar yes. would probably just taste horrible to me because I don't have any sugar at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine. It's probably so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm getting the keto baking down. It's been really fun. Well, good. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I've been in the resin room this morning, pouring oh, some yeah. pieces, working on some Christmas presents and, uh, some commission pieces. I have a really cool commission piece I'm working on right now, incorporating uh, horse hair. Ooh. It's been a really interesting project. There's four pieces, and working with the horse hair has been really interesting. It's uh, yeah. really challenged me in designing it, and as well as uh, like working with the hair itself. It's really coarse. And yeah, anyway, I p- poured the last one today. So I'm actually. Super excited because they've turned out just the way I had, you know, you cook it up in your head and then you try to make the thing happen. And oh my God, sometimes mm-hmm. not at all. Right. But actually this has turned out exactly the way I was hoping it would. So good. I am thrilled with the process. So yeah. Anyway, I'll show them to you before they ship out, but they are. Yeah. That's way cool. really cool. Yeah. So anyway, just that. <laughs> no, sounds like fun. Spending the day, you know, playing on TikTok while I, uh, resin that's it <laughs> hey it's a decent life right it's a good life yes <laughs> yes yep. and we had our first snow so yeah we sure did been a little chilly but you know it is november so we're kind of expecting it right but, at this point we kind of deserve it we can't really we yeah. can't complain anymore it's, it's just time. for sure time yeah well christy i have got a case for you so this is a case where i'm going to present the case to christy it is a cold read uh, I seriously doubt you've ever heard of this case before. And um, there's some big holes and questions in it. So I think Ooh. that you'll be able to fill in some gaps for us. So okay. this is 16-year-old Ashley Turniak. Hmm. This happened in 1998 on November 9th. Uh, so, oh, wow. So we're like actually on the cusp of the anniversary the anniversary that's interesting realize that until i said it yeah 22 years wow Mm -hmm. 22 years so she went to agwam high school in agwam or agawam i'm just gonna say agwam uh massachusetts and so she got to school and was late so apparently school started about at 7 30 and she got there a little bit late and apparently they had a policy that if you had more than six tardies you couldn't come to school so she got to school late and was basically dismissed and so she was waiting outside the school for a ride and there had been some stories that she was uh, just skipping school for the day and was waiting with a friend but no friends ever came forward and then the school finally did say no she was had been 
dismissed for the day because she had too many late, uh, was it late too many times? Anyway. Seems like a weird way to handle lates, but okay. Right. For okay. sure. So anyway, but she was waiting outside of the school for, and had talked to some friends and told them, you know, that she was waiting. So at any rate, it sounds like she was waiting outside in front of the school for uh, a ride, the last anybody knew. So the next thing that happened was about 20 minutes later, she was on I-91 southbound in Longmeadow. This was right before the Connecticut, uh, Massachusetts state line. Mm-hmm. And some witness cars said that they saw her in the passenger seat of a car uh, struggling and looking like she was trying to wave down a state trooper. There was a state trooper in the center median, uh, but he did not see her. And so the car just flew on past. But there were some witnesses that saw that before they could do anything or anything else, uh, you know, could be done. Her body was hurled out of the passenger's window. Feet oh, first. My God. Feet first onto the concrete. The car, they estimate, was going somewhere between uh, 50 and 65 miles an hour. She and did not have to throw someone out while driving? Or a she whole, jumped out? A whole body? Wow. Well, but feet first. No. Feet first. Well, I yeah. there was some theories on how she would have swung herself out. But anyway, she ended up out of the car. And... This was a really busy, I mean, this was, you know, quarter to eight in the morning. It was, yeah. there was a ton of traffic on the road. A few different cars had to swerve to avoid hitting her. Um, but they did get her, you know, moved to the side of the road and got an ambulance there. And she died before they could even get her to the hospital. She died on scene, uh, you know, from the impact of hitting the road. A little bit later down the road, they are a little ways down the road. They found her backpack, like somebody had thrown it out the window she didn't have shoes on, which, you know, presumably she did when she got in that car. The whole thing happened so fast that none of the witnesses had a good description of the car. Some said it was blue. Some said it was tan. Nobody knew what kind of car it was. This car immediately had crossed over into Connecticut and was just in the wind. Wow. So in the flash of an eye, we have a dead teenager and we have nothing to go on. Oh, my God. And again, you know, there was just no, nobody knew what car she got in, who she got in with, nothing. So one of the uh, articles I read, someone said that they had gone to, they went to that school at that time and they immediately changed that tardy policy. (laughs) Seems wise. Not just send kids home. Also, I mean, you got to think about, you know, just as a parent with kids in high school, or any school, just, uh, you know, kids just coming and going and not knowing who they're with. I guess by high school, that's a little bit more normal, but, you yeah. know, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. She was just waiting on the curb for a ride. So nobody knows what ride she got into, if these were people she knew or people she didn't, why she was in that car, how the hell she ended up out of the car the way she did. There was some speculation that maybe the door opened and she jumped out. But the witnesses that saw it all say, no, the window, she came out the window feet first. So that's literally all that's known about the case. There is no, there weren't ever any suspects. There were never any, no description of the car was ever released. The police just have nothing to go on. 
All they have is the witnesses, and there were luckily some witnesses that saw kind of what happened. But remember, this was going down a very busy road at high speeds, and it just happened so quickly. It was so shocking. Mm -hmm. And there was so much traffic on that road that the car was just in, in the wind really quick. So that's what happened. I mean, that's the whole story. So what do you think happened to Ashley? Well, okay. So I see um, an older man who was known to the students. So this is someone who hung around the school, someone that was involved in the sports program or something, not a teacher, but somebody that the kids knew that were was around and helped with various events at the school. I feel like this was somebody that, you know, the kids knew quite well, but wasn't there every day, if that makes sense. So somebody to do with, it just keeps coming up. There was someone that was to do with sports, mm -hmm. but kind of everybody knew this person. So she's sitting there waiting for her ride. Um, I'm not sure she actually had a ride. I feel like she was just not sure what she was going to do. And this guy pulls up and here's someone she knows. Mm -hmm. And so she's talking to him. He's the kind of guy. Um, we, we knew a bus driver like this when we were in high school who was, um, had no boundaries at all and was really pretty inappropriate, particularly with the girls. But some of the girls kind of gravitated to that and, and kind of liked that because this older man was showing interest in them. This is the kind of guy he was. Yucky, yucky, yucky. Um, I feel like if they went back and looked in their records that they would figure out who this person was because I don't feel like he ever came back to that school. I feel like he just kept on driving and picked up his life and moved mm -hmm. and didn't come back to the school. But it was someone who was around at sometimes like a lot and then other times not so much. But so it wouldn't necessarily be um, his absence wouldn't be noticed for a while. Mm -hmm. So she gets him to give her a ride. And as soon as they pull out of the school parking lot, he starts getting creepy. He starts touching her. He starts threatening her. He starts telling her what he's going to do to her. And she gets really scared. And that's what some people saw when they were driving by. Um, I do feel like when she first got in the car that she slipped her shoes off, that this was someone that she was um, feeling comfortable and safe with, that she slipped her shoes off, dropped her backpack on the floor, like, she thought that she was with someone she could trust. She had no idea who this person really was. Um, I do feel like he was threatening to harm her and telling her what he was going to do to her. I also feel like he was heading out of the state with her. Right. And she knew that they were not going to her house. And that so she started fighting him, uh, trying to get out of the car. I feel like um, I do feel like he rolled the window down at one point and did and shoved her as she was trying to get, you know, she was terrified doing crazy things, trying to get out of the car and get away from him and begging him to pull over and let her out. And she at one point was trying to get out of the car. And I feel like he just helped her and shoved her out and then throw it through her backpack out and just kept on driving. I don't think he realized he had her shoes until he was long gone. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like um, he, I mean, he had been threatening her and touching her. I don't feel like he'd really hurt her that it was the impact from falling, you know, coming out of the car that did kill her. Yeah. But she knew, she knew she was dead. I feel like she knew mm -hmm. she was dead and her only opportunity was to get out of the car and hopefully, you know, survive those injuries because if she stayed in the car with him, she was dead. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I feel like this was not the first time he's done something like that. And I feel like he's still continued to do things like that, but he's very savvy. Um, I mean, I don't think he's still active now, but at that time, I feel like he was, but he was very savvy about things like being near a state line Mm -hmm. and, you know, getting to know girls. And, you know, uh, I would bet if, and, you know, it's probably too late now, but they could identify him through school records. This was someone that worked on the school campus sometimes. And if they were to question some of the other girls, I bet you'd find out that some of them were having a sexual relationship with him. And this girl didn't want that. Mm-hmm. She didn't get in the car with him thinking that's what was happening. And so she freaked out and started fighting him and he had to get rid of her. Okay. So essentially he offered her a ride home. Yeah. Yeah. He offered her a ride home. She asked him, mm-hmm. if, you know, and he said yes. And then he saw his opportunity there. Mm-hmm. But then she, once they get out on that highway, then she knows the things that he's doing and saying she knows what's happening and she knows she's got to get out of that car. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in that moment, you know, we, we all have this survival instinct that will kick in and it's why people will do things like jump out of a moving car because you know, if you stay in the car, you're going to die. And so mm-hmm. you don't necessarily think about that. If you jump out of the car, you're also going to die. But in her mind, at least she was trying to control the situation and be safe. And so she was just trying to get away from him. Well, it makes sense to me and because when we were in high school, we had taken self-defense classes yeah. and they tell you that if you're being kidnapped to go to whatever lengths to fight that you right. can, because if they, once they get you in the car, you're dead. That's what they used to, they say, mm-hmm. you know, and so do anything you can to avoid getting in the car. And I keep thinking that that's what was in her head. Yeah. You know, it, so it makes sense to me. The same thing. Yeah. yeah. That she knew that if she continued in the car with him, she was dead. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That is yeah. so wild. I have a vision of him throwing those shoes in a dumpster at a fast food restaurant. Yeah. They noticed he had them. He just pulled through a parking lot, just saw a closed dumpster, dumpster and tossed them in, yep. you know, in Connecticut somewhere. And yeah. I was just, I never found them or saw anything. Yeah. I thought anything of it. Yeah. Well, and you know, in 98, I mean, this is before GPS and cell phones that had GPS and, you know, that, that before those things were common, Mm -hmm. you know, so something could have been tracked. Yeah. uh, You know, in some way. Yeah. I also though feel like the school did not want to touch this with the 10 foot pole. Didn't want to believe that it was anybody affiliated with them. Didn't want Mm -hmm. anybody else to believe it was anybody affiliated with them. And really did not try to help because they didn't want anything coming back on them. I agree. I also feel like they didn't do a good job honoring her memory, you know, or helping students grieve. Like it just, it feels like they didn't, I mean, there were a lot of kids here that were, you know, devastated by this and, and shocked and scared and hurt and, you know, families that were hurt. And I agree with that. I felt like I felt a real coldness around the school. Mm -hmm. There was just not what there should have been there. Well, where they had sent her home and she was in their parking lot when she disappeared. I mean, they Mm -hmm. were very afraid of being identified as part of the problem. Had they Mm -hmm. done their due diligence at all, they would have found this person because they knew him. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that they consciously knew that they did. But had they done any of their own research or watched for a while about people who didn't show up anymore, Mm -hmm. they would have found him. Yeah. Because he was definitely known to the students, not just her, but to a lot of the students, especially the girls. Right. Him being around wouldn't have been a weird thing. 
No, uh-uh. no, he was involved with some things that meant that he had access. What color do you think the car actually was? I think it's blue. Blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's blue and an older car. I mean, this was 98, but I mean, even then it seemed to be an older car to I me, mean, kind of a bigger, like a bigger sedan. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, wow. What a case. I was thinking like from a parent's point of view, can you imagine? No. Thinking your kid is at school and learning that she's just been scooped up off the side of the highway. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, all of this happened in this very short amount of time when you think your kid is at school and safe. It's also a miracle that it didn't cause any more accidents. Right. And that one of the, the next cars in row, the row there didn't, didn't hit, hit her. her. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded like there was kind of a, a bit of a dust up for cars to get stopped, you know, and to I'll not hit her. Yeah. I'll bet it was. Yeah. Yep. And sadly, you know, she tried to get the attention of the officer and he was just, his car was turned the other direction. He was scanning traffic coming the other way and just didn't see her. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, it all happened so quickly and with no way to call or, you know, anything. Yeah. Yeah. What a case. It's just a really, uh, and, and for all of the, her friends and stuff, what a shock at that age to have a friend just die like that. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, how that affected their community and, you know. It really makes me wonder, though, if some of the other girls her age had a, had a suspicion about this man. But It does make you wonder. I think that he, um, you know, was having sexual relationships with as many of those teenage girls as would allow. And mm -hmm. so they didn't speak up because they would be in trouble. Right. And they knew it. Right. And so they didn't say anything. But I really think that there are probably some girls that went to school with her that had a pretty good idea of who did that. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, he sounds to me like one of those guys that, uh, you know, definitely had no problem gaslighting and, you know, oh, yeah. convincing them. You know, if you ever told anyone about this, I they would never believe you, you know. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, For sure. For sure. And And perhaps they maybe didn't even, you know wouldn't have thought he would do something like this because he didn't do that to them, you know, right. in right. in teenage think styles, you know. Exactly. And and I mean the only reason is because she was non-compliant. Right. She was like, right. I'm not doing this. This is not mm -hmm. what I want. She's fighting him, you know, when he's telling her, I'm gonna kill you. I can't let anybody know about this. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to kill you. Mm -hmm. And you know, then her fight or flight kicked in and she was trying to get out of the car and he just shoved her out. What do you think his plan was initially? I mean, was he going to a hotel, to a, a property? I mean, where was he headed with her? I feel like he was headed somewhere rural, somewhere in the woods. I wondered that, too, if he had a cabin or a property somewhere that... Uh, yeah, I, I see woods. I see trees. To. So I think that's where he was headed mm -hmm. with her. But, you know, he didn't have much time to make a plan either. This all happened really fast. It wasn't like he was planning to pick her, pick her up and kill her. Um, he was just driving through the parking lot when she flagged him mm -hmm. down and said, I need a ride home. Can you give me a ride? You know? Yeah. So it was all very, um, you know, very manic because there was no, yeah. there was no chance to plan. Right. Very spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's really sad and very sad for Ashley's parents as well. Um, and and all of her classmates too. Yeah. I'm glad they changed their stupid policy. Yeah. What are, they, what are they doing? Just, you know? Yeah. 
you have to leave. Okay. You know, right. that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't happen now. There'd be a different way of handling that. And not well, I would hope so, but you know, <laughs> sometimes policies are a little too rigid and you know, right. Right. We right. learned the hard way, but wild. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you for that. You guys, thank you for being here and for listening. Now, don't forget, we are live every Wednesday night and Thursday night. Wednesday yeah. nights, we do updates on cases we've been following. Sometimes we share a solved case. We do some good chit chat. We'll definitely ask you what you made for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, then that we're always back for the psychic hour on Thursday nights where we do more metaphysical psychic stuff. So yep. either way, we would love for you guys to join us. Those will be those are always live streams on youtube on true crime paranormal on youtube as well as true crime paranormal on facebook so you can find us either way yeah so and find us there anyway and Mm -hmm. if you are you know so drawn please like share comment that always helps us along and go find us on patreon we have some extra content every month there as well for our patrons so but more than anything just thanks for being here thanks for listening and being a part of our process and have a super super good day bye guys If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.